Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello. This is Shannon and Kathy. <laughs> we just had an aborted take where... <laughs> Where we were talking for a minute or two, and Kathy went to move something on her microphone. Um, the whole thing shattered. And she popped it off. She's like, no, no, go ahead, keep talking. I'm like, no, we're going we're gonna to try again. Okay. So here we are in shrink chat land. Um, we are social distanced. We are in the same room, but she's at the other end of the room. So, um, But we've also been sheltered in place for quite some time. Yeah, I've seen... Um Three or four people who have been sheltered in place as well. I think for I will probably start to give some clients an option in June. Okay. Um, one of the things that I have been looking up is how industries like ours are starting to reintegrate and the precautions. Mm -hmm. So um, for those of you who are in the business, if you haven't reintegrated or you're thinking about it. Uh, there's a lot of information on ways that you can <clears throat> give out um, sort of like a questionnaire for okay. people to their comfort level. Uh, not only their comfort level, just to say for our comfort level. So they, it's like I've been quarantined. I did, it's kind of like a waiver. Okay. But then it's also from our end, our ability to say this is a choice that mm -hmm. you're making because I'm giving people an opportunity. I'm not forcing them to come in. Because I realize that some people really are craving human contact right now, and other mm -hmm. people still feel safer through telehealth. Yeah. Um, so for me, what I'll probably do is have a mask on when people come up mm -hmm. as we situate if they feel comfortable with the masks off, and I'll have hand sanitizer. So we're just learning how to do things differently. Yeah, like sitting a safe distance, whatever a safe distance feels like for the two of you. Mm -hmm. You know, some people might be okay with six feet. Some people might want you across the room, whatever it is. Right. So, yeah. I think the people that I've spoken to who want to come in, they're, they've been quarantined and they're tired, you know. And as long as we're, I think we know a lot more about, this virus now than we did back in February as far as we need to be cautious, but we can't be crazy. And we've talked about that on the show before. And, um, yeah, there's mental health is an issue right now. Um, people are suffering quite a bit and it's something that isn't being talked about enough. So, you know, it's important for me anyway, to give people that option as long as we're doing it in a responsible way. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I understand we're doing the trivia differently now. We are. Um, I think we're, it's, this is, you know, I want to have some fun with you. <laughs> okay. Um, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of want to mess with you a little bit. <laughs> oh, can't wait. So we, we have been doing, those of you, if this is the first show you've ever listened to, we've been doing trivia, horror trivia facts every week. Um, <clears throat> and then allowing people, if they want to, at their leisure, um, I hate when people say that, by the way. I could tell you were mocking. It's like therapize, that <laughs> word too. Anyway, um, 
people can answer on Instagram or write into our Twitter with the answer. But we realize too that this is um, another word that I hate: unprecedented times. <laughs> You're using a lot of words. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that no, I mean people are preoccupied with other things, and sometimes they just want to listen and they don't want to do anything other than that. And that's okay too. We really just want this to be an opportunity for you guys to have fun with us. But I also like messing with Shannon and coming up with questions that she probably can't answer. Um, So what we're going to do instead is uh, horror facts um, by Kathy every week (laughs) where (laughs) I like how you're the third person. Yeah. Horror facts by Kathy. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to, provide a, a, I'm going to give a question at the beginning of the show and then Shannon throughout the show at, at her leisure <laughs> will, will will try not to therapize me oh, but yeah. oh, will yeah. I'm gonna shout you. out some of what she thinks might be the answer to the question if she gets it right I'll congratulate her otherwise <laughs> I, get a I will I will very kindly <laughs> tell her no, that's incorrect. <laughs> and then by the end of the show, I will provide the answer. So that way you guys can kind of play along with the episode. But um, until some of this stuff passes and we have more people in a in a, a space of wanting to play again, I think this is just a, a new way of trying this out. Yeah, maybe, maybe in the fall when horror is jiving is the thing, we'll, we'll do like the trivia like we were doing before. And because we always... You know, we would do trivia things and then people would respond on um, Instagram mostly, but also through email and Twitter. And then we would give away stuff. And by the way, I just heard from the person who won the prize box the last time. And so I've sent that off to Scotland. Did we announce her last time? Her name is Natalie. Yeah, I think we I think I said I believe that's who the winner was. Yeah. But it is. So it congratulations, is. Natalie. Yay. And so I sent that off. And so hopefully, I mean, it's going to Scotland and who knows how long it will take. But there it is. Um, right. Yeah. And I just want to set up the fact that I will never, well, I'll very rarely get the trivia right. That's just how that's. I know. That's what makes this so much fun. <laughs> just being able to look at you and go, no. See, it's she's she's recreating <clears throat> the very core of a narcissistic relationship. So well, even by talking about just, myself in the third person. Yeah. Yeah. So just so everyone knows we're, <laughs> we are, we are calling this shrink chat. So we are, I am not like blind to the fact that <laughs> in this scenario, she is the narcissist and I am the supplicant. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I am. Cause she's going to simply deny me things <laughs> for a half an hour and then provide them when she's yeah. ready. So it's very much, you yeah. know, it's like the slot machine effect. It's okay. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. It's all too familiar. I'm good. I might, if I get triggered and leave the room, we'll know why. <laughs> anyway. This is really all just a ploy for me to be able to do the show by myself. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Trivia. Okay, so we actually had um, someone answer this correctly last week. Marie, who's a who's a listener, yeah. thank you. You you knocked this out of the park. Um, I don't think you got to the second part of the question, but you definitely got the first part right. So unless I'm missing something on the answer, so the question was, what is the name of the demon who possesses Regan McNeil in The Exorcist? Or Reagan. Is it Regan or Reagan? Mm. Remember how they pronounced I always it? said Reagan. Okay, Reagan. Um, and then the second part of the question is, why was she chosen to be possessed? Mm. Do you know the answer to this? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, 
Pazuzu <laughs> is the name of the demon. So, because okay. last week I said it wasn't Captain Howdy. That was actually the spirit <laughs> who came to her through the Ouija board. But Pazuzu. Right. Pazuzu is the demon's name. Okay. And she had, um, she was supposed to have psychic healing powers. Oh. Her character. So that's why she was chosen. All I right. didn't. I didn't know that. That must be in the book. I don't remember be, them talking about I that. I don't remember either. that at all. Unless there was a scene at the beginning where she did something that alluded it's to that. Probably but, in the book. It's yeah. probably in the book, or there's some line in the beginning. But it has been a while. I mean, it's one of my faves, but it has been a very long time since <laughs> I've. I have parts of that Read movie that I block out too because it's so traumatizing. So yeah, I was reading something. I think it was on Twitter. Um, there's a community on Twitter that they call like horror Twitter, and then there's film Twitter. And you guys who know who are on Twitter, there's these like communities, right? And then you follow people in that community. And there was somebody that posted something about asking about like the, the scariest movie you ever saw or whatever. It was the, the, the question was more interesting than that. I just don't remember what it was. And at the end of the question, it said, and no one say the exorcist <laughs> because like everyone just says that, yeah. you know, it's something about, you know, the most disturbing probably yeah. scene or something like that. Um, yeah, I was like, damn, because that's, yeah. of course, what I thought. You know, half the people, that's what they thought of first. So. Really? Well, it still stands to this day. <laughs> it does. It's still creepy, for sure. Horror facts with Kath. Oh, God. <laughs> Shannon, you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally ready to okay. tell you that I don't know the answer. This film, I'm going to give you three. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> giving you three facts. The first, this film was given an NC-17 rating initially, mm -hmm. edited and resubmitted by the studio nine times before it was given an R rating. Wow. The original lead star dropped to a cameo, <laughs> and George Romero was asked to direct this, but turned it down. Okay. What movie <laughs> is this? I'm going to let the audience do, do, do. Do you want to just like, um, hold on before you shout anything out. If you do get it right, do I tell you right now and then, or do I tell you at the end? <laughs> I don't know. You can make whatever rule. I'm not going to get it right. So. Uh, you might on some of these. <laughs> well, eventually six okay. months from now All when right. I've done my, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wanted to say like a Rob Zombie movie, <laughs> but okay. No, <laughs> She's gonna this enjoy is way this. more fun. She's gonna so yeah. enjoy this. That's why I'm gonna just. Throw I need a buzzer. Out. My part of the game is to make sure that I throw out answers <laughs> so that you can deny me, <laughs> and I'm giving you that joy. Um, I don't know, like a Night of the Living Dead movie, one of those. Okay, all right. Those are my two guesses for now. Okay, good. You know what? Good guesses, though. I'm gonna give you that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Romero. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, 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 narcissistic oh. leader. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Bless your heart for trying. <laughs> there you go. A little more condescending. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. Appreciate Bless it. her heart. Okay. Appreciate, appreciate that. All right. So those of you listening to the show, take a few moments. They're going to Google the shit out of that. Yeah. And then the, they're going to get it before you do. The, yeah, because I'm not going to Google <laughs> the shit out of it. So, um, right. So I think you, uh, Kathy's, is Kathy still reading the paper? Yeah. Kathy misses the paper. And I thought I, <laughs> yeah. Kathy almost went and, and got a paper this morning. 
Oh, um, what what stopped you? I was in a little bit of a hurry. I woke up later than I usually do, and oh, then okay. I wanted to work out and then walk the pups. And then by the time I yeah, just, you know, I'll probably have to do it every other. So we record every other Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to take that morning. Yeah. I don't want it to be a rushed thing, but yeah. I do miss it. And I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident about going and getting it. I've been going back, doing my own shopping and all that. Yeah. You said you've yeah. been going, I've been, I, you know, we all, all of this to say we are all handling this a little bit differently. We yeah. live in Southern California. I know that we have international listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some like New Zealand's open. Yeah. We have a lot of listeners in Australia too. So, um, you know, so just to orient you, we live in Southern California, right out, uh, right near like a little West of Los Angeles proper. And, uh, we are still safety at homing. So we've all handled it a little bit differently. And so you're saying that you just went back to grocery shopping. Well, it's been a few weeks now. I, I think like I'm, I'm, yeah, we talked about it last I'm time. I'm pretty, um, and I think I've said this to you before, like I'm, and you, you and I are pretty similar on this. We're like, I'm totally fine being a homebody at times as much as I love going out. But I think, um, more recently for me, some of my fear stems from, um, so I haven't been able to go get the paper, but clearly I've looked stuff up and I try to look at all sides of things and I don't like extremes from either side. And I feel like right now we're in a space where we have extremists on both sides. And that's scary to me. Um, because I think what bothers me the most is, um, not so much that we are protecting people who are fragile. I think that's essential. I think that's necessary. And I think this is a real virus that's going around, but there are a couple things that worry me, which is we're also overlooking the amount of suicides, domestic violence, um, other types of deaths that are happening Mm -hmm. because not everyone can shelter in place safely. And so I think that's something that needs to be considered in gradual reentry. I, I'm just going to openly say at the beginning, I supported everything that, so Gavin Newsom is our governor here in California. Mm -hmm. And I think at the beginning, he did a really good job at shutting everything down, getting everyone to cooperate and and cool off. And and I think he did a great job. I think he has now overcorrected. And I'm a bit concerned about um, whether this is any more about science or, or is it about politics? So I'll give you a quick example. Yeah, who knows? Good friend of mine is uh, an owner of a hair salon, and she has to go through two thousand hours of Barbasol training in order to keep a salon open. Those are the same regulations as a dentist office. Mm-hmm. So dentist offices are now starting to open, be considered more essential. Where yes, salons are not. Although the the cha- you're much closer in contact with your dentist than you are when your hair's getting cut, so I look at that and and I don't want to get into a deep conversation, but you know I have friends of mine who are, are small business owners, so I sit there and I go, just someone explain the logic of that to me because these people are losing their businesses and that affects the whole economy. So that bothers me because I just need logic. If you give me logic, then I'll understand because there's nothing logical about having the same health standards. You know, you can stand in line for a grocery store and get the downwind, and that's okay. 
but they're and then we're opening beaches, but we're not opening. So it just seems like a flipping mess to me right now. <laughs> and then the other part of it is just the mental health piece. So do I think we need to be cautious? Do I think that sheltering in place and social distancing is effective? Yes. But here's the thing. We're going to get another wave mm-hmm. and people are going to need to get sick in order for us to get immunity. So I think there just needs to be a middle ground. I've said that from the beginning. Um, And so if we're not considering other people who are being affected by this and we're only looking at the virus, I just think that's that's dangerous to not Mm -hmm. look at it from all angles. So I worry a lot about that. Yeah, I can't say I'm worrying a lot about it, but I definitely I definitely am in the middle. You know, we're in the same place as far as being in the middle ground and being responsible. Yeah. 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 Like I have my I purchased some masks to wear. I'm responsible in public. I keep my distance. Um, I have been going to the grocery store about every 10 days since this started. I'm actually the person in my house that goes outside. (laughs) Yeah. That leaves and goes and does groceries. And um, although sometimes we go together to pick up takeout food or, you know, and we've been doing that a little bit more in the last week or two because I'm super conscious of the fact that I would like my favorite restaurants to stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading lots of stories about that as far as like, they're not making any money, but they're trying to keep the, the doors open. So it's like, it's their, the takeout type situation is keeping the doors open. I was listening to a little story, um, the other day about how I think it's Louisiana that has opened up in a way of like allowing restaurants. And I think this is where we're headed, but allowing restaurants a 25% capacity or something. That's what we should be doing. And, and I imagine we'll get there. And so I was listening to the story and the person's restaurant had 90, you know, could fit 90. And so they could let in like 20 mm-hmm. and what the, restaurant owner was saying was that 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 wasn't going to pay the bills or anything and it and it wasn't going to account for the cost that she would have to have to have a staff person there again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that if she could just continue to break even get the small business loans that they're offering Mm -hmm. which she was waiting to come through at the time of the recording of what i was listening to um then she could afford to keep the doors open she's not like paying herself anything and all of her bills are in arrears but she could keep going her, she keep her head above wait. water yeah, yeah. And, and in order to try and wait you know the six months or what have you well i think it, i think it gives people some hope too because i understand that we're all gonna um you know deal with our mental health differently around this and and some people are are much more political about this than i am and that's fine that's a choice but what scares me from a sociological perspective is if we don't let any pressure out of this higher, that's where we're going to see the extremists. Mm-hmm. If we give people a little bit, just a little bit, to let us know that the government's listening, not crazy, not irresponsible, not reckless, right. if we don't do that, then we will get reckless because people want what they can't have. So if you say, all right, we're going to open a little bit of this, but you can't open the flipping beaches and then expect people to to social distance. That's the last thing that should be open right now. Yeah, you know, I've seen a couple of different opinions on this. I've seen like that opinion and I've also seen the opinion of like, 
the beach is a really easy place to keep social distancing. In other words, you can stay away from people no. on the beach. You can't go in the water. You can't, you know, and here's, the, this creeped me out the other night. I was walking down the street with a friend. We were waiting for food to get delivered. We were walking down the street. Nobody else was out. Mm -hmm. um, and this cop comes down the street and he goes, get off the streets like that. And I, and we just stopped and it was such a sad moment. I'm like, this feels like a dystopian hell. So they're not allowed to walk down the street or they were too close together or something? Uh, uh, no, we were supposed to get off the street because apparently after seven o'clock, the, oh, virus gets, the virus gets worse. <laughs> I don't curfew. know. Um, but it was just, it felt so creepy to me. Yeah. Um, especially when nobody was out. Yeah, you can only imagine what it was like in China or other places. Yeah. You know, that have a more, um, a stricter. Yeah. Even, so even no, stricter. People, people were getting beaten, <laughs> yeah. but- but um, anyway, it's just... Um, so there it is. So there it is. I think also uh, I can tell you that I have, after whatever it's been, two and a half months or something, I've lost count. I don't even know what day it is usually. March 13th. Um, because Kathy's here, I know it's a Sunday. <laughs> but other than that, I'm, you know. Hmm. But we've been sheltered since March 13th. Because okay, I was cool. supposed to leave for my trip. So two months. Um yeah. I have finally kind of hit my limit as far as watching things <laughs> yeah. on, I have to specifically say watching things randomly, like on Netflix, Hulu, Shudder, Tubi, all the things that I watch, Amazon Prime, I think those are my five. And of course, YouTube TV, which is my what I use live television for, from, get live television from. I've kind of hit my limit. The other night I was like sitting, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll like done with my work. I'll, I was working around the house. I'll sit down, I'll watch something. And I was just like flipping through Netflix like you used to flip, you know, your remote between the four channels you yeah. had when I was a kid. <laughs> like, um, well, we didn't have remotes when we were a kid. That's how old no, I No, you am. actually had to get up. I had to get up. And hit the button. I, I didn't get up. Well, actually, I did have to get up because the kid's always the one that yeah. has to, had to get up. Put on four. <laughs> yeah, put it on four. Yeah, that's an L.A. channel, obviously. Um, yeah, so I've hit my limit. However, I have watched a bunch of movies. I don't know. Are you hitting your limit with stuff? or? Uh, well, if, I, I mean, here it is. It like is. It's gone back to the original Scooby-Doo Okay. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I, I want it. I'm like now crawling into like a fetal position, regressing back into a child. I watched the lost boys last night. There you go. Yeah. I'm going all the way back. Scooby doo. Yeah. That's serious. I love the old animation. Don Knotts. No. Yeah. Scooby doo was a, I remember it was <clears> on at, at three 30 in the afternoon when we would get off school and yeah, elementary it school. It was on all day on some, you know, especially when cable came on too. It was like cartoon. Network. Yeah. I mean, I can say in the, what it would have been that early eighties, it was on at like three 30 in the was. afternoon and I would get out of school and I had friends, me and my friends that would make it home. This is before I was in sports because then once I was in sports, I wasn't home till <laughs> seven, eight o'clock at night every day. But, but like yeah, early late elementary school early middle school i was like we i had friend we would make it to the scooby-doo show like that was gotta get home do you have a favorite episode <laughs> i don't mm. i don't but i'm sure if i rewatched it like you are i would probably go <gasps> you know yeah. there would be a lot of that i i don't i loved there's a couple so one there's there's a really good 
witch and vampire episode. But oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. That one. But I also love the one with Mama Cass, and then the one with uh, Dick Van Dyke and Don Knotts. Those, I remember the yeah. Dick Van Dyke. I don't remember the Mama Cass one. Yeah. And she's in the Hershey Bar Factory. How many seasons Chocolate are of that? A lot? Um, or did they even do seasons of Right it? now, I know they've re-released the first three. Okay. But they're starting to... And then, you know, then then they made all the different versions. Mystery Incorporated, which was like 12 years ago. Right. I was addicted to that show as a kid. Anything yeah. Hanna-Barbera, but Scooby-Doo was my jam. It sounds like you might have been slightly more into it than I was. But well, I because I grew up with it. with older brothers and horror was so that cartoon was always my yeah favorite. you were the only one like watching kid stuff probably <laughs> well when we get to our um, fictional psychopath episode yeah, next week of mm-hmm. course I chose one that I saw when I was like you know <laughs> okay um, inappropriately young in to a, be watching yeah it. that's Kathy's jam <laughs> inappropriately young is just what well Kathy inappropriately young Barrett. four four I was four I think okay, the first time I, I saw can't it can't yeah. even yeah your brothers okay my mother <laughs> and your mother <laughs> I have a bone to pick with all of them at this point um I have been catching up on my horror yeah what'd you watch so I'm gonna share about Three different horror movies that I watched. So <laughs> I decided to watch Steven Soderbergh's uh, fictional pandemic drama, Contagion. Oh, because it's kind of depressing. I felt it? it was time. It is depressing. I watched the beginning of it and I was so, like, I don't know if I can do this. I had watched it. It's from 2011. I had watched it um, back then. So... Because I like Kate Winslet and it's a great cast. Jude Law and Matt Damon and Lawrence Fishburne and Gwyneth Paltrow and Brian Cranston. I mean, like yeah, all these people are in it. It's crazy. It's quite the ensemble. Um, and I had watched it back then. I also am a, a Steven Soderbergh fan. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. The only thing I wanted to say about it is I don't think it's a particularly good movie, but I, I did want to say that watching it now, having a tiny frame of reference towards it. Cause I'm not going to say that I have any kind of dramatic frame of reference for this, but living in the time we're living right now and watching that movie was quite interesting uh, yep. for the first half of the movie. So, you know, obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, but in the story structure, you know, you've got act one, act two, and act three in, in, in any kind of media you're watching. And so somewhere in the middle of act two, there's some kind of a, there's a peak, there's a midpoint is what they call it in a lot of structures. It's like the crisis takes a turn into a different direction, you know. So I would say for this one, all of act one, which is the setup and, and what, what, what's going on and all the characters throughout about half of act two, I was definitely in it because it was like, that is how it is. And that, you know, and with just a little dramatic twist, maybe because of where I live, I can't speak for everywhere, but where I live, it wasn't going that dramatically. But then of course, once the middle of the movie hits, it's like a lot of, it gets far worse than what I have experienced in this pandemic. I can't say that for everyone Mm -hmm. because everyone's got, people have some very um, terrible story so but yeah it was really interesting because of course when I saw it before it was like this is fantastical Mm -hmm. it seems fantastical and surreal and Mm -hmm. oh this won't happen and because I'm not a scientist in this kind of thing I I wasn't predicting the end of the world right um, like a lot of scientists are talking about now like yeah we've been predicting this for 
for a while. For a while. Yeah. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. So, And they were talking about that in the movie. Mm. And so you can tell they consulted with people who were really studying this yeah. along the way. Um, anyway, so it was interesting from that perspective. The performances are good, although I wouldn't, you know, if you're going to watch it at any time in your life, now is probably the time to watch it because it's relevant. But it's right. not a particularly great movie, in my opinion. I think I started it and shut it off because I was a little bored. Yeah, um, it's a little boring. It is a little boring, for yeah. sure. But that again, I think what got me through the boring part was the that related, I had a... relatedness. Yeah, it was yeah. related. I was... Yeah. There was a relatedness. And then once the drama sort of took over, you're like, okay, whatever. And, you know, I just... As I've said before, I'm always doing other things. Mm -hmm. Almost always doing other things when I'm watching stuff. So yeah, I just do. A, I lose a little bit of the story sometimes. <laughs> um, I also watched Fantasy Island. Oh, how was it? <laughs> so that's the thing that I'm going to be bringing to the show pretty regularly is I'm going to try to catch up on our 2020 movies, yeah. horror movies, because I definitely halfway through the year kind of want to do a like what are the best movies so far, horror movies so far. So I'm trying to catch up on those. Um, so it's a, I would say this is a movie with horror elements, not it, a strict horror film. The trailer reminded me like of Turistas or like one of those. Yes. And that's definitely what they're, the trailer is misleading as lots of trailers are. Okay. Um, so it's, again, it, it's like, it's one of the Blumhouse fun movies. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not that horrifying. It's more thriller. Mm -hmm. It's more of a thriller with humor. Um, because it's Blumhouse, like the marketing, you go in expecting one thing and get something different. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of how it is. Plus Blumhouse. But now we're knowing, we, now we know that they also make funny ones, funny mm -hmm. horror ones. But this isn't, I wouldn't say this is really horror. It has some horror elements along the way, but it's not a horror. Um it doesn't deliver as being a great horror movie because it's not, in my opinion, a horror movie, but that's not to say that um, it wasn't fun. It yeah. wasn't a fun ride. Like I would watch it again. I okay. think maybe like if you wanted to watch it or something, I would watch it again. I probably wouldn't. Which by the way, you and I are going to start our, our summer horror movie nights. Cool. Because, because why not? <laughs> Because everything is closed. Because everything's closed, and we miss the movie. I miss the movie theater, man. Well, and Shannon has like a you know this great seventy inch propped up <laughs> on the wall with great surround sound and so. a comfy couch and a comfy couch, a big, big ass. I mean, I could social distance the hell out of you on yes, that couch. We do that regularly. It takes here. up like two rooms. <laughs> I'm like Chris. Can you be yeah, over, go over there? Go over there on the other side of the couch, please. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed some of the. So I really like the premise of this movie. Um, because I watched the original television show a million years ago, yeah. which was cheesy as shit. The plane, and so politically incorrect. <clears throat> oh my God, so bad. But it was 10 o'clock at night, I think probably on a Thursday or a Wednesday or something like that. And that's what you watched. It, that's what you watched. Um, and it was very enjoyable. And I loved the idea that each character has like their deepest desire fantasy. And, you know, that's what we're following. And then that's sort of where the thriller part of it comes in. I could say I, I'm not scared, but I, uh, two or three of the character arcs were really good. Like, did it, did it have, sorry to interrupt, but did no, it have ahead. like that same fun feeling like Cabin in the Woods? Uh, 
I mean, Cabin in the Woods was probably a better movie, but you know how you kind of feel like you're yeah, on it was this ride? fun. I mean, it was fun for the the characters are funny and yeah. tongue in cheek and stuff. I wouldn't say it's as good as that at all. I don't think it was as good as that. I mean, as character as characters, oh, okay. like what you're uh, okay. speaking to your question. Like I, I okay, I, I wouldn't say it was as as fun as that, but I did enjoy some of the characters. Um, I think the premise the premise is interesting. They they. Um, there's some twists that I will not reveal um, because I think it is a fun movie to watch. It's a fun movie to watch. Like watch it. It's Maybe fun. Watch it. It's fun. It's it's not scary. So I, it's a great movie for those of you who don't really like horror movies, but you're kind of want to get in the game a little bit. <laughs> it's one of those kind of movies. It's, Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Um, and there's some twists and they do, uh, I won't tell you how, but they definitely set it up for sequels. Cool. So we'll see. Blumhouse does fun stuff. We'll see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. It's good. Mostly. I um I don't know who of our listeners does this, but I started in 2020, and I actually have some to go back and and log. But I log my uh, movies on Letterboxd, which is a Letterboxd without the E at the end. So letter and then boxed without the E. So xd.com. Um, and I am, I am Shannon Cherie on there. And what you'll see for my logo is the Terror Talk. Um, our logo is my avatar. So it's easy to pick out. So friend me on there and um, I'll read your reviews. You can read mine. I'll write you some reviews. We can look, we can look into it. Uh, but I log all these on there and I put a little bit of my reviews in there. I wanted to mention that because that's a, like a film nerd thing to do. Um, can I give an update? Please. So remember how I told you I started watching Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Murphy's new one. Yeah. And I'd only watched like a couple episodes and I wasn't sure yet, but it's all about old Hollywood. But, uh, and I was able to watch an interview with Dylan McDermott on The View. And then he had, ironically, hmm. the guy who plays Courtney that we were talking about from 1984, he was also on The View with Dylan because he started like um, kind of as a tongue-in-cheek joke, obsessive, like a, a obsessive um, fan group for Dylan McDermott <laughs> and all the gay men who are like in love with Dylan McDermott. <laughs> so in Ryan Murphy, I guess there's a project coming up with, with Dylan and... Um, I forget his name right now. They're they're going to be doing another project together. But anyway, I I finished Hollywood, and he gave a really great interview on it. Um, really, what the series is about is it's a revisionist tale of Hollywood at that time. If gay men and women and women were as equal as white men in the industry, okay. And what's so incredible about it is um, as a gay identified woman to watch this and go, wow, it really was amazing to see um, like what ends up happening to one of the producers. He has a heart attack. So his wife steps up and starts making all, and she ends up being like fantastic. Oh, cool. And the screenwriter of the show of the movie that they're working on through the whole series is, um, is a black guy and he's gay and how he, um, they want to shoot him down, but he persists. And, and like, so it ends up being this revisionist tale of, of what it would have been like if people were equal at that time and how mm -hmm. the industry would have changed really powerful. 
Um, so when it ended, you know, there's cheesy parts of it and it's not all fantastic, right? but that part of it, I think that it was, um, really, really cool to see how Ryan Murphy did that and how it would have changed things. Yeah. It's like, I like, uh, and appropriate for the time, kind of what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. about like enjoying watching things that feel good. It sounds like mm-hmm. it feels better than well, and everyone, the way it really was. And everyone's beautiful and the costumes are amazing. I mean, even just aesthetically, it's really fun to watch. But it's fantastical. I think, but if you look at it also just from more of a, like a human rights mm-hmm. place, especially in a place like Hollywood, which has been very like male, hetero, white dominating, mm-hmm. um, it was really, really fun and interesting and I think he did a good job with it even if you're not like a big fan of of his stuff yeah I flipped by it a few times I have been having like I said like an apathy with yeah Netflix I have too though I mean I go on there and I'm like oh do I certain series of it's taking me forever to finish I started season four of working moms that show's hilarious Ivan Reitman's daughter is the writer and director and she stars in it and she's flipping hilarious. Catherine Reitman, she's hilarious. Yeah. I've been looking for things that are like light and um, relationship driven and romantic and stuff. Like, um, of course, I, I've watched Gilmore Girls before. You know, I've obviously talked about The West Wing. I, I, found, I f- finished a full rewatch of that recently. I have a question. Yeah. Because I binged this and I don't binge a lot. Dead to Me season two. Oh yeah, good stuff. <sighs> Better than season one. I'm sorry. Good stuff. I, I don't want to. I don't think people have had the no, chance to I'm maybe. Not, I'm not even talk about it. In a I'm, couple of weeks, though, we should. I'm just saying, I actually loved it more than season Great. one. Great. No, I think in a couple of weeks we should probably. God, I, I couldn't give stop. people a. I, I know the episodes are a half hour. They feel like they're ten minutes. They're so good. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I had trouble starting it because I was like, do I really want to go down this rabbit hole? <laughs> but then I. <laughs> But then I did. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, God. <laughs> um, the last movie that I want to talk about is I s- finally saw The Invisible Man. Um, so this is not your Universal Monsters original, <laughs> The no. Invisible Man. This is not that. Um, and I also want to say that if you've seen the trailer, the trailer comes off like, oh, great. They're giving away the movie. That's kind of how it comes off. You know what I said? I watched the trailer and I go, I just watched the whole damn movie. But you didn't. Okay. It's really savvy the way okay. they've done that. Like, I thought the exact same thing. They do a lot in that trailer. I thought the exact same thing. And then I and then I watched it and it's not. So okay. it's it's quite the, um, they've done a really savvy job. Is it actually. worth doing an episode on? Uh, Is it that good? Okay, so what? So that brings me to my next point is that you know before before we started actually doing this podcast, we we both always had an attraction to horror movies, but I had no idea that the one of the reasons probably why I've always had that attraction to horror movies is because mental health gets is so represented oh, in horror movies, yeah. and it gets dragged into every horror movie, mm-hmm. like almost every horror movie, and so. There's always the availability of having conversations about mental health representation when you're talking about horror movies. So with that said, I mean, that's what this movie is, is this movie is a excellent representation of narcissistic abuse and a, and it is a um, revenge heroine story about a narcissistic abuse survivor. I, I, that's so powerful. 
I, I, I watched the trailer and I'm, I'm so glad you described it that way because that's the feeling I got, you know, mm -hmm. the gaslighting and the no one believing her and mm -hmm. why didn't she leave and all of that. And I normally hate, um, I have difficulty, <laughs> hate's a strong word, but I definitely have difficulty with movies that um, gaslight the audience in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but I did not hate this. I did not have a trouble. I did not have a trouble with this, and I won't. I won't go into spoilers at this juncture uh, because uh, I happen to know Kathy hasn't watched it yet, and I would really like her to watch it. And then maybe we do an episode, or maybe we just have a longer conversation about it on this show. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good movie, and mental health is dragged into it and represented in two or three different kind of ways. And so I definitely want to discuss that in, at more length at some point. And I have to say that the reason, one of the many reasons why it's so great is the filmmaker Lee Wanell uh, should truly be congratulated uh, the way this movie's been done. The suspense and the storytelling is excellent. Um, there's effective jump scares. The acting is great. And I'm not, I don't need jump scares necessarily. I'm not usually a jump scare person, but there's a few that are good. Um, and Elizabeth Moss, I mean, I always love her. I mean, she's she's really good in this. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's good. Okay. Besides the filmmaker, obviously. I love, that. Those, I love all of that. That combination. So I would highly recommend you watch the anyone watch The Invisible Man as a suspense movie. It's not um too gory. There's maybe like one or two things that are a little bit gory, oh, but it's more like a suspense thriller. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. I mean, there's some blood, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So that's my recommend. So there, um, is the trivia answer, um, like one of the hostile movies? Nope. Um, one of the Hellraiser movies. Nope. Um, one of the resident evil movies. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, so we're ending the episode with the answer or whatever film, Kathy's going to torture me with right now. Film was given an NC-17 rating when it started. Original lead dropped to a cameo. George Romero was asked to direct but turned it down. The movie is Scream. Ah, <laughs> cool. The very first one. NC-17. Yeah, Drew Barrymore dropped well, down to a cameo. It was... I mean, she was supposed to be Sydney Prescott. Have you seen the NC 17? Is there an NC 17 cut of the movie? No, but I know? would love to see that. It, they had to redo it nine times before it dropped to an R. So I don't know who has access to that. Kind of doesn't surprise me because it's super violent. That movie. It is. It I is. Mean, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming the NC 17. I wonder what they cut out. I'm assuming it was for violence and not sex. Oh, but, I'm sure. But yeah. I'm wondering like, because it was suspenseful and scary. So, but it was gory. So, and that opening scene where Drew Barrymore gets sliced and diced. Well, you know, it's possible that some of our listeners might know the answers to all of our questions. Um, if you do, please go to our Instagram page and tell us because I want to know. Here are the things I would like to know. Okay. <laughs> I would like to know is there a, a released NC 17 version of the first screen movie? I would also like to know some more, like, show me an article or some information about like what they cut out if there isn't a version. I, I would like to know more. And if not, maybe I will Very try inspiring. to find that for 
I am very inspired. I'm inspired by your trivia question. Okay, I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) See, that felt genuine, not like a narcissistic situation. Well, I've I've been doing this for a long time, so. Yeah, she's faking it, in other words, is what she's saying. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Um, We very much appreciate you. And next week on the show, I believe we're going to talk some more. (laughs) I know the next week on the Tarot Talk show. 50 minutes of silence. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, can talk I just, about narcissism. Sorry. I want to say one more thing, and yeah. I know it's already a week late because we, we record later, but I just want to say that I am very proud of my 2020 graduates of the oh, yes. USC Rossier School of Education uh, Marriage and Family Therapists, Masters in Marriage and Family Therapy. They worked really hard these last two years. Many of them listened to the show. One is coming on as an associate for me. So congratulations, Aurora. Um yeah, you guys are awesome, and I'm so sorry that you did not get a real commencement because yeah. you deserved it. So it there you go. Great. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.